0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter.
1: Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Ben Caldwell.
0: Well, Emma, it's so fun to be with you here today. My name is Ben Caldwell, as you shared, and uh, I have the privilege of serving here on the elder team at Watermark, and it is uh, one of the deep joys of my life, getting to serve alongside men that I I love deeply and I respect deeply um, and to get to uh, serve this church. I am uh, husband of Terry, and I am dad to five young kids. Five. That's right. So uh, the Caldwells, uh, we say we bring the crazy wherever we go <laughs> because our kids are all young. So they are eight years old down to 10 months okay. in this phase of life. Uh, and so it is the classic. The days are long. The years are short. That's the season of life that we're in. Uh, but man, it is really, really sweet.
1: That's awesome. And today, which, fun fact, I'm the oldest of four. So I know a tiny taste of the crazy—not quite five.
0: Now, are you close? How close are you in age to your siblings?
1: Uh, Two years between me and the middle, and then the youngest two are twins—five years.
0: Oh, so you guys are closely packed. We're pretty close, similar to ours. Yeah, pretty similar. The
1: twins was a big surprise, but they're boy-girl twins, and I wanted a sister. My brother wanted a brother, and we got both. Well,
0: my son uh, Cade—he's our oldest—and he prayed for years for a baby brother, and so he got baby sister, baby sister baby sister. And mind you, he cried. He he closed the gender box back up (laughs) and pushed the balloons back in. He was so upset when he got a sister the third time. Uh, And then the Lord answered his sweet prayers and he got a baby brother uh, for number five. Uh, And so that's a fun part of our story.
1: Oh, that's so fun. And you you don't work on staff here. You work...
0: That's true. Uh, I have a day job uh, and I get to build houses for a living. So and cool. it's, a, it's, uh, it's a really great mix of getting to engage with people uh, and also be creative and uh, build things. Uh, and so that's uh, a joy for me.
1: Awesome. And today we're in 1 Timothy 3. We are. And I'm just going to let you take it.
0: Oh, Do you want to share man. with us? What I was guys, hoping what's that you're gonna you were going to give me a good uh, question to start. but
1: Okay. You want a you specific question? Sure. I can give you that. All right. When you look at 1 Timothy 3, what is one thing we would tend to overlook? Or miss in this chapter.
0: I'll share with you that as I read this, uh, there is a long list of things in this chapter of what a leader in the church is supposed to look like, what things are to characterize his life, and uh, and it can be easy for me to get lost uh, in those details, or maybe even overwhelmed in how high the call is and what it looks like. And I do well uh, to take a moment uh, and to go, "Hey, what is?" what is the original author trying to communicate to the original audience here? Uh, and this is instruction about what things were to prize in leaders of the church, because these are the things, when you, when you get your leaders right, uh, that just makes all the difference. Um, and so I, I think that uh, I'm just reminded that God really cares about the people that are leading his flock. And he really cares about them not being um, the most gifted, the most accomplished, the highest capacity, uh, but he cares that they are people that walk deeply with him. And when you walk deeply with Jesus, these things that we read uh, laid out in 1 Timothy 3, that's what becomes true of your life. They're not things that we can um, work hard to obtain or that we can conjure up in ourselves, but they're the work of the Spirit as we depend on Jesus.
1: Absolutely. Ben, I feel like this passage specifically, because you serve as an elder, the, the question I typically ask guests is, hey, how do you live differently because of what you read in this passage? Uh, and you can answer that. But I'd, I'd also be curious, hey, how, do people, how should people, for example, I'm a female. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an elder. Uh, how should somebody like me or even, you know, a 16-year-old kid look at this chapter and think, man, what does God have to say to me? I'm not, I'm not in that role.
0: Uh, that's a great question, Emma. I love that. Well, um, the way that this chapter begins, it says, "This the, uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he aspires a noble task. And And I think that that begs the question of what do you aspire to? Hmm. Um, what is your heart set upon uh, what do you value? What do you believe success looks like? And regardless of whether you're male or female, young or old, the character qualities that describe uh, the leaders of 1 Timothy 3, those are things that God calls every single one of us to without exception. And so and so, I think that we get to ask that question. Uh, and, and it's really telling. Uh, when we... Uh, Become really honest about what our definition of success is, or what things our heart is drawn to—that the compass of our heart is pointing to. Um, it tells us what we really believe, uh, and so—and uh, so that's uh, as I think about the young person, the sixteen-year-old person. Uh, Hey, uh, God's word would say that don't let people look down on you because you're young, but set an example, right, in the way that you live, and that that you get to choose uh, to walk with your Savior and to be an example in these ways. So I'm not sure if I answered no, the question. No,
1: you did actually. I uh, I'm I think it's interesting that you, you zoomed in on verse one. Whoever aspires and talked about or spoke on aspirations, and I'd be curious how do you think about uh, goals or maybe. I don't know, dreams. You've got young kids. Young kids get asked all the time, hey, when you grow up, what do you want to be? Uh, and sometimes that changes multiple times. I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be an artist when I was eight and I was terrible at art. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you think about your future as a young person or your future leading a family, parenting your kid's future, what is the what should be the biblical lens to view goals or aspirations, that kind of thing?
0: Uh, my encouragement would be uh, focus on... Uh, who you want to be it, it, more than what you want to do. Mm. And I think that's what will, uh, that could be really telling. Uh, and that can also be really focusing for us. Um, and it's the proverbial, hey, you can climb all the rungs on the ladder, and then you get to the top and you realize the ladder is leaned against the wrong wall. You've been pursuing the wrong things. And sadly, that's the story for a lot of people's life. And, uh, and I think that when we focus on the who, rather than just who we want to become, Rather than just what we want to accomplish, the accomplishment piece is going to follow that and so I love that each one of my kids I can see from a very young age God has wired them differently he's given them different strengths different weaknesses, and God has prepared good works in advance for each of them to do and uh, and I think about that and I tell my kiddos when I drive them to school in the morning I have two in school right now I have a kindergartner and I have a second grader and and uh, was as I talk to them in the mornings, we'll often talk about, and I'll pray for them, that God would give them eyes to see what are the good works that God's prepared in advance for them to do that day in loving and serving other people. And I think the great thing is that God does have wonderful things in store for us. And we don't necessarily have to know and chart that course perfectly or have the great goals or plans uh, of what we want to be and do. But I think that as we focus on um, becoming the man or the woman that God has called us to be, then we get to live out the natural giftings uh, that He's given us, the gifts by the Holy Spirit that He's entrusted to us, the experiences that He has shaped us by, and we get to bring Him great glory um, by, uh, by being faithful uh, in our lives and, uh, and doing the good works that we don't even know about yet, but that He's got planned that are really, really fun.
1: Ben, I hope everybody's taking notes what you just shared. That encouraged my heart. And I, I'd love, to, in our last few minutes, I'd love for you to just share, hey, when you read this, what are you? What are you circling? What are you noting? What's God revealing in your heart?
0: Uh, well, hey, is this the circle of trust right here with the oh, yeah. and I on the podcast and yeah. all the people listening? I think that for me, if I'm really honest, when I read um, this text, I think about the process for me becoming an elder, and uh, and I shared this a little bit in my in my journey devotional, but when I first sat in the rooms with men that I looked up to and respected for years, boy, it was it was hard to fight the waves of insecurity that came. And a lot of that insecurity was because I looked at those guys and I saw I saw their intelligence. I saw the things that they'd accomplished in business, the leaders that they were in the church. Um, I saw men with incredibly high capacity. And in, in, in my heart's initial response to that was, gosh, I just feel inadequate. I feel, um, I, looking around the room, it was like, hey, one of these guys is not like the other. I, I, do I, I mean, do I belong in this room? And um, in this scripture, really encourages me because God's call for those that lead, both men and the women that lead in the church, um, is not that they would be the smartest. It's not that they would be the most capable. It is not that you would have the highest capacity. That's simply not his criteria, but it's that the character qualities that we read in 1 Timothy 3, that they would be true of you because you walk with Jesus. And there's no... um, if you want to love like Jesus, and you want to have the heart and compassion of Jesus and the patience of Him, um, there, you just have to spend time with Him. And, and, and there is no, there's a reason why that says in this text that you don't choose the recent convert because they might become conceited. These character qualities are ones that God produces in us, not through just days, not months, uh, but frankly, years of walking with him, and it's one day at a time. And, and so, uh, so going back to myself w- with this and what he's taught me through it is just, um, it, it's like he's saying, hey, Ben, um, you don't need to worry about how big your capacity is. You don't need to worry about being smart enough, and certainly you don't need to wor- worry about comparing yourselves to others. You walk with me. You spend time with me. Slow down because I can get going really fast. My, my to do list can get really long, and I feel like I can feel like I need to put my head down and just go, go, go. And it's like the Lord whispers, No, you slow down. You don't accomplish. You focus on me. You let me shape your heart, and then I'm going to use you. Uh, and more than just using you, um, you're going to get to experience the sweetness of walking with me, which, which is, man, what everything flows from.
1: That's so good. I wish we could keep talking, but I am so glad we are all on this journey together.
0: Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.